0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Everybody hates us. Everybody hates us. That's the whole point. SI's Ross Dellinger.
1: The Big Ten has a uh, foxy mistress and uh, and ESPN has uh, a little uh, southern on the side. And
0: SI's Pat
2: Forty Wetzel. I ain't crossing the street for Bud Light. Here's
0: Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. And and you know, uh, one of the most traumatic things that can happen to uh, to a child, and uh, we're all children of college football here, children of college football, uh, is when your parents divorce. You know, it'll it'll rock you. And uh, Pat, I'm wondering, how are you getting through the pending Big Ten ESPN divorce? They've been together 40 years and now no longer. Will, will you emotionally survive having to watch Big Ten football on a different channel?
2: You know, they seemed like such a perfect couple. And so you just <laughs> didn't see this coming, you know, seemed very happy with one another. And I have sought some counseling, you know, that's been provided. They, they've got support people standing by to help. Uh, No, nobody gives a damn what what channel the games are on. Right. The only reason anybody cares is because the revenue drives all the other decisions about who's in what conferences. The fans don't care. And I've had many people say it and I agree with them. We'll watch the games, whatever they're on. Right. They don't care. There are certain kind of rituals and realities, traditions, I guess, that went along with the Big Ten. And ESPN mostly coming right out of Lee Corso, putting on somebody's headgear and then going straight to the big house or Kinnick Stadium or State College or wherever, right into a, a Big Ten game. But it's OK. We all have working remote clickers. We can find it on another channel. It's all going to be fine.
0: Ross, is it is it ESPN's fault? Their mistress, the SEC? Or is it the Big Ten and the Fox? I mean, who's cheated on whom first? That's what we really want to know. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. Is that if if ESPN and the Big Ten, if we're calling it a divorce, then uh, <laughs> then it, is it because uh, because the Big Ten has a uh, foxy mistress and uh, and ESPN has um, uh, a little uh, southern on the side, you know? And I think uh, <laughs> I think that maybe that that's uh, that's what's going on. I think that I think that like uh, analogy works. Uh, I think that's exactly what's what's kind of going on here. The SEC has kind of hooked itself to, to ESPN and, and Fox has hooked itself to uh, Big Ten and vice versa. And that's where we are. It, I think um, I was making some calls on this the last couple of days about what people within the industry think about this. And there's like, you know, there's a lot of like words like it's jarring and shocking and, you know, risky. And I found that one to be the most interesting, right, that the ESPN is going to uh, or Big Ten is going to have a, some kind of negative impact because they're not featured as much on ESPN talk shows and maybe game day doesn't go to Big Ten sites as much and so that's interesting I had kind of heard that some of the coaches were um a little concerned up there from a recruiting advantage a recruiting perspective of course right they're always focused on on the recruiting
0: yeah so I think they're really we're looking like I think the Big Ten was looking for a sister wife there to Fox. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a, it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a real big step. Uh, no, I mean, I, uh, to Pat's point, yeah. I mean, you're going to watch, right? And and, and it, here's the big thing. The, the, the Big Ten, if you word follow, is going to sign a deal that has an NBC game at night and a CBS game at 3.30, and they're going to be on Fox at noon. This is not we're going to Amazon Prime. This is not, we're going to Hulu or some, some something that doesn't, this is Fox, NBC, CBS, or Fox, CBS, NBC. This is like a deal out of 1965. I don't know whenever Fox came along. They, I mean, this is broadcast, broadcast, broadcast. If you can't find Fox, CBS, NBC, you're hopeless, okay? So this is an old school deal. You will find your games. It doesn't really matter. Now, the don't talk about will we ignore is interesting because the cautionary tale here is the National Hockey League, which tried to leave. They did leave ESPN, went to NBC, and immediately got ignored to unbelievable levels. I used to say ESPN treats women's college basketball as a as a exponentially bigger deal than the NHL, when it's just... By no metric is that accurate, right? Um, but they're here. You go. we, got, we got Gino R.E.M. on live. We have Muffet McGraw on live. They would never interview a national... hot Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, never interviewed <laughs> on, on ESPN, right? So that's the cautionary tale. And like MLS is trying this. They've went to a streaming service and I my guess is they will be completely ignored by ESPN. So there is that. However... A, does that matter as much in today's media? And B, for football purposes, I want to get to basketball in a minute because I think it's a different question on basketball. They don't really talk college football that much on ESPN now. Uh, they do during game day, they do during college football live. But if you watch, you know, Stephen A. Smith in the morning or, or Mike Greenberg's get up, or they're talking NFL, NFL. NFL, NFL, and and Brooklyn Nets, and Lakers, and then more NFL. And that's pretty much it. You got to have something crazy, and they'll trot Feinbaum out there for a couple minutes to say something. I don't think they really get a whole lot of talk on those. And could you possibly ignore the Big Ten anyway? Like, I don't even know if you can, like, how do you ignore the big, if you're going to talk college football, you can't just sit there and go, oh, we're just talking SEC. So those are my thoughts. Pat, you can start on that. Yeah, no, I mean those are
2: valid points for sure. Um, I do think, look, I, I always said ESPN stands for excessive self promotion network. So they promote what they put on, big as life and bigger than anything else. So there will be some trade off there. There will be. Uh, but it, it, you're right that like the the. The talk show stuff already, it's all just about the Cowboys and the Patriots, all right? Whatever the NFL topic du jour is. They do work in college sports, usually when college sports does something stupid. uh, Or you're getting ready to have Alabama play Georgia. But like on game day, on the the front page of ESPN.com on Saturdays, You probably aren't seeing the Big Ten game as the the thing that's promoted right there. It's going to be whatever's going to be the noon game on ESPN, and then it's going to be the 3.30 game, and then it's going to be the 8 o'clock. So you're going to get a lot of SEC day of game stuff. But to your point, Dane, you cannot just throw away the tens, if not hundreds of millions of fans of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, you know, from a viewership, listenership, readership standpoint. So you can't just pretend they don't exist. You can play favorites to a degree, but you can't completely ignore them. Yeah, that I mean, the, yes, that the, the I know from working there, you, you you they can do their best to to ignore your league, but you can't ignore something as fundamentally important as the Big 10 and its place in the in the college sports hierarchy.
1: In in how we consume stuff has changed, right? I was talking to a Big 10 Administrator yesterday morning and, and trying to get his feelings on the on split with ESPN. And he said, Look, you know, five years ago, uh, our coaches would have been completely freaked out. And a lot of our administrators would have been completely freaked out. But just in five years, just since 2016, 2017, we've consumed news and information in such a different clip, especially young, you know, especially recruits, you know, high school and college kids. He said, You know, he gave me the example of walking into a locker room and You know, 10 years ago, every TV in the locker room was on and was on ESPN Sports Center and everybody was watching, you know, and now everybody's on their phone. You know, everybody's at the locker on their phone. And so it's all through like social media, especially the, the, the young people. It's all through social media. And right now the Big Ten has a social media account. Every school has a social media account. Fox certainly has a social media account and they can push all that stuff on there. So there seems to be not a big worry uh from From big Ten people, maybe a little bit concerned from the coaches but uh it's it's kind of not like it used to be how we just consume things, so I don't know that it it's as big of a deal as it would have been just just five, seven years ago, but it still is jarring to a lot of people, and I think though it is so indicative of of the um the time we're in right now, the era we're in in college sports where out out with the old traditions and all these old kind of archaic things and look toward the money, right? And that's what happened here.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree. A a vibrant TikTok is more valuable in recruiting than than being on uh having them talk about your game uh on daytime cable television. Like these kids aren't yeah. So I I certainly agree with that. I don't think they can I don't think they can ignore ignore it totally. Um and look this dates back uh you know I think the, the interesting part of this is is dates back to you know about I don't know X number of years ago when when Jim Delaney thought uh, ESPN lowballed them on a deal and he said I'm going to start my own network and it was sort of a big joke we're going to have the Big Ten Network I remember writing a, a, like a joke column like what are we showing on this network right like you know
1: <laughs> right, two thousand like yeah, four 2004,
0: yeah oh two thousand four yeah it was like you know what beach volleyball from Iowa City and you know what what exactly is this twenty four hour network and you know, and I remember they tried to pitch it. We're going to really promote a lot of the academic programs of the Big Ten. That was, that was my – was watch like some, some Purdue kid like do a science experiment or something yeah. like that. We're going to hear from an
2: esteemed engineering professor at Purdue now for an <laughs> yeah, hour. That, yeah. No, we're not. That
0: never happened. That never really – that never took off. But they got in bed with Fox. And here Fox is running. They didn't get – Big Ten didn't have media consultants. They said Fox do it. So you have this wild situation where Fox is listening to a bid pitch from their arch rival, ESPN, AB slash ABC, and trying to determine what's going on. And you have the backdrop of the Big Ten leading the alliance against the playoff a year ago when, you know, one of the holdups was would ESPN maintain full ownership of the playoff like they do now or does the playoff go the NFL playoff route where you're on every network? And that was, and obviously they we're heading to every network, but if you open the window, ESPN, I think had some kind of, like they had to get a concession from ESPN that that wouldn't be the case. So here's Fox blocking that, then leading the charge to raid the PAC 12, uh, weaken the, 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 the that and then bang, and that's one year after the Big 12 says ESPN tries to destabilize us. So you have, you know, you're, you're leading in this thing where these TV networks are running everything on this.
2: That to me is the alarming part of this. Not like how do you find your games, which channel is that college leaders are being paid a ton of money to be led around by the nose by what the TV networks want, you know, and told, OK, well, this is what we're going to do. Commissioner, and then you tell the ads, and that's what we're going to do, all right? And so then, that's those are the marching orders from Fox and or ESPN, and it's pretty remarkable. Again, this goes, I think, to the overall l- lack of a of centralized leadership and a leadership vacuum in college sports. That okay, nobody's in charge. Here come the network execs because they got the bags of cash, and they're going to lead in a way that's very self interested for them. And I think that's where we're at with that. And yeah, Dan, to your point, carrying that you know a step further was. Fox getting USC and UCLA helps Fox and helps the Big Ten, but also knowing, well, we're not going to be interested in the Pac-12 anymore. We'll leave that diminished product. Yeah, ESPN, you can go get that. Go ahead. Go have the and Pac-12, but it's it not as good. it makes
0: NBC and CBS, as we said, more desperate to get in on the Big Ten. The only yes. network that could afford to not have the Big Ten was ESPN because they already have C- the e- SEC. Right. In Exclusive, you know, in uh, exclusivity. And then if they want to add in Pac-12 and Big 12, we'll get to that. But the others sat there and said, I can't if you're NBC, I can't pair Pac-12 games around NBC. I'm not going to get any rating. Uh, I can't pair. So they they gutted the competition. We've been saying this for, you know, since it happened, they tore it. They didn't just add an addition to their house with USC and UCLA, they tore the addition off the other house Yep, and dilapidated the house. They increased demand by limiting supply. And it was a genius move by Fox. It's completely, it runs afoul. I'll put my Jim Phillips hat on. Any kind of colleg- collegiality of college sports. It's it's absurd. This is what we're doing? Wait, what are we doing? And I agree. It's, it's bull. It's cra- It sucks. Yeah. But this is business, right? And Fox just played this business. You know, do you, uh, Ross, do you think Fox that's why the Big Ten held up on the playoff eight months, nine, eight months ago? Yeah. Because Fox
1: told him, you ain't doing it. Well, yeah, I think, I think that we know now um, that Kevin Warren's uh, kind of excuse for not being for this playoff model, which was he wanted power five automatic berths instead of top six conference champions get in and instead he wanted power five champions. It made no sense, right? Cause the big 10 would always be in the top six. I think there was one year and 20 when you go back uh, where the big 10 champion wouldn't have been in the top six. And it's like, what is he, what is he doing? What is he doing? And then we, we kind of thought throughout that there's something else. There's something else. Maybe it's he wants to get his TV deal done probably first. Maybe it has to do with Fox and just getting to the end. I think we know now that it, it's kind of all that, that the real reason was, was one, he probably did want to get his two, his new TV deal done, but also it's that him and George, Kalabkov from the PAC 12. I know he feels this way. They want to get in a way, it seems like they want to get to the end of the deal where it's opened up to the market where, you know, it's kind of anybody's it's anybody's game and they can, they can give it to many, any platform, but I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. And I think Kevin Warren has kind of hinted at it. Pat, you were at Big Ten Media Day. I think he said this on the podium. He said something about uh, multiple networks having the uh, the CFP expanded playoff. And I think in order to do that, you get to the end of the deal. You let the deal run out with ESPN. And I think that's what he was thinking the whole time. Whether Fox told him to do that, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, then I think that's what probably is the really underlying reason not that the big power five champion uh, uh not getting every power five champion an automatic berth because i think everybody knew that that was a little a little ridiculous yeah
2: i had no doubt about that i think that getting multiple broadcast partners i.e fox involved in the playoff was very much part of it and i'm sure that was fox encouraging kevin warren's stance there yeah and
1: look at look at the big tens deal they they had three different networks and uh, I'm sure that's kind of indicative of what they want on the CFP playoff uh, as well as to have as many networks as they can, kind of like, as Dan mentioned, the NFL, you know, how the NFL playoff structure is with, with, you know, whatever three or four networks four. Uh, involved. Yeah, yeah.
0: And this will be four. And I think you'll have the same deal for all four CBS. Will, yeah. NBC Fox and ESPN, ABC, right. There's, there's, ABC, a, so. there's a
1: pretty good buzz that, CBS will certainly at least, yeah, be be pretty pretty interested in expanded playoffs. So you'll, it feels like you'll at least have ESPN, Fox, and in CBS, and you wonder kind of, yeah, you wonder about um, maybe NBC getting in the mix or I don't know some kind of other streaming. I I don't know whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like it because it's less streaming, more easy to find. It's easier to click back and forth when you're not streaming you know like it's when you're just you're on TV you can get back and forth to a game within like half a second and if you're trying to watch three games at once and you you know it's not that little couple second delay with streaming but if you tr- it's you know it's just not as good if you're trying to all right let me go through a couple things cuz there's a lot on this deal right uh but i i want to get to big 10 basketball and i know these deals are not made by basketball i think this hurts big 10 basketball yeah. i think Football, they're going to find their game. It's all over. Basketball. It's a winter night. It's 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 February sixth. I want to watch some college basketball. ESPN. I am trained my entire life to go to one network to watch basketball. I understand the NCAA basketball tournament is on CBS. I understand and Turner and all the others. I know they're showing games on FS1. I know they're showing games on C, uh, you know, uh, college sports or CBS Sports Network. And the the SEC and all that. I automatically go to ESPN. And if it's a game, I'm watching it. You take the Big Ten off ESPN in basketball, I think it has a... I'm not saying this is going to kill Big Ten basketball, but I I liking that if I'm those coaches. Am I too old school on this, or is that it? Because it's like, oh, Michigan State was playing Indiana tonight? I'm sorry, I watched Baylor play Kansas instead, because that was what was on.
2: Yeah, I, I mean theoretically people can still find their games my question is yeah what's fox's appetite for showing college basketball you know they've had a deal where they've shown a lot of big east but yeah i'm like you dan obviously i mean my default is espn espn2 and that's what i'm going to watch monday through thursday nights uh on uh, during the winter but the, the 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 other thing with the the Big East package on Fox is like they're starting games at six. I'm not ready to watch college basketball six o'clock. Maybe they'll change that window if they get the Big Ten and figure they don't have to. You know, they that the Big Ten may not go along as easily with six p.m. tip offs Eastern time. But it's not a good development, regardless. I, I I'm not sure it's a really bad development, but it's not a good development if you're. Uh, the basketball coaches in that league. It's one more signal that you know what? Y'all don't matter that much.
1: Yeah, I wonder what basketball coaches in the league. You know, we talked earlier about football coaches having concerns, but I imagine basketball coaches in that league have even more concerns. I think it was the number cited to me was 80 that 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 ESPN had eighty big ten games. That's that seems like a lot, but that that's what they that's what kind of the number that was floated to me. So where do they what home, yeah, where do those games go? Fox Hasn't had an appetite for it in, in NBC. Hasn't had an appetite for it for college basketball. So you think CBS Network. picks up some Big Ten Network, FS1? Does FS1
2: put some on FS1? Um, yeah, because FS1 did a fair amount of stuff. For, yeah, they'll they, do they, it, they did. They did a fair amount of the Big East games and stuff.
0: This would it's, it's be a boon for FS1. And I think I say that if you're really into the team, you're going to find your game. Right. I'm kind of just talking about the. The general college sports fan, and the, and a lot fewer people follow college basketball all the time. Where they're like, oh, the the the, the Michigan Michigan State game's on tonight. I want to see. They're in Breslin. I got to watch that. Right. There's more of just, oh, all right, I'm home. What's on? Right. Hey, here's a college basketball game. So, and as ESPN has more hockey in there, and maybe it's more SEC or Big Twelve games and all that. I just I just think basketball is a little bit different. Again. All these coaches are going to get rich off the football money. Uh, everyone's getting rich. So uh, we'll do that. One thing that is clearly not true is the NCAA's prediction that fans would immediately stop watching college sports once their players were getting name, image, and likeness <laughs> deals. Remember that one? They argued yeah, it in oh, actual yeah. federal court. Apparently, uh, the <laughs> very smart people at these TV networks do not think that is true. They keep throwing more and more money uh, at that uh, go figure nobody really cares about the nil nobody really cares searching for nba playoff coverage we've got you the old man and the three presented by bmw gives you an inside look into the world of sports hosted by former nba sharpshooter and duke legend jj Redick and sports writer tommy alter the old man and the three offers
2: unprecedented access to the league
0: This is great for the Pac-12. It's the first bit of good news since USC and UCLA left. Sure would like an automatic bid to that playoff right now, but I don't have it. But what I do have is ESPN needs late night programming. I can offer them the 10 or 10.30 window on Friday night and Saturday night, 13 straight weeks. 26 nationally televised games, prime time in the West, and and the late night game in the in, in the East and as drift across the country, nobody else can do that. They did not have the Big Ten option now to put stack you know Wisconsin at USC or something like that at that game time. Not worth what's happened, but this is a that's a bit of good news for for the Pac-12 as they move forward. Correct? Pat- yeah,
2: yeah. I mean now that I mean they've got a big dog that actually is interested in them cares about them and what will prioritize them to a degree i mean they won't be prioritized like the sec but that that's okay they wouldn't be anyway so
0: they got to show something at that time uh, of night
2: yes they do because people will watch it and i you know i went back when i did the whole desirability ratings and looked at you know years of those sports media watch ratings and i was surprised that you know like stanford washington state on friday night million viewers Washington, Arizona State on a Saturday night, million viewers, more, more, you know, one, three, one, four, whatever. I mean, people watch those late games. Uh, you and I do, we, you know, the three of us do, because we're degenerates and we love that stuff. But but so does everybody else, especially the further west you get, because that's and they their get prime viewing time.
0: And they get broadcast in every bar, crowded bar. Right. I mean, people are watching that aren't on any yeah. Nielsen rating. So Yeah. 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 So, no, it's, it's good for the Pac-12. Here's
2: my, my only question there. Obviously, ESPN needs the Pac-12, but Pac-12 also very much needs ESPN. Can ESPN say, well, yeah, we're going to take you, but here's our deal, and it's not a great deal? Well, yeah, the, the competition,
1: right? What what competition they have, CBS and NBC have just probably been taken out, basically, especially if they plan on bidding on getting involved in the CFP expansion. They're probably not going to be worried about going against Pac-12, um, I wouldn't think. Fox, right, just – is partners with uh, major partners with the conference that just stole the pac-12s two best brands so uh and they had this huge chunk of the big 10 so are they are they gonna be a real competitor to get the pac-12 so the problem is is the price right espn might get this on the low which isn't good uh isn't good for the pac-12 i had somebody um He's now retired, but he was certainly involved with a lot of these negotiations through the years. And I brought that up with him, and he said, you should realize something. ESPN is tough, and if there's no competition, you don't want to be in that environment negotiating with an ESPN with, with no competition uh, because they are not going to overpay. And I think they kind of showed that with the Big Ten, that they wouldn't that they wouldn't budge on, uh, on outbidding NBC for the primetime spot. So it's good for Pac-12. It certainly is. But there is this also this issue of wow they they might uh, they might have to settle for a a pretty low number or lower than they thought because of the lack of competition.
0: Well, was wasn't going to be much money either way. Yeah, where's it? Where does the Big Twelve fit in on all this, Ross?
1: Yeah, they're still two years away from their negotiating window, and so the Pac-12 will have obviously will have you know going to probably end up being they'll have like a year and a half head start on them uh, and they'll have, they'll be able to get a number, bring it back to their 10 uh, remaining schools. Then some of those 10 remaining schools that are interested in other conferences will probably go to those other conferences and say, this is our number. What can you, what do you project? What do you predict or or whatnot for, for your league? And obviously that's, that's the big 12. So uh, the big 12 can't really come up with a, specific number right until maybe a year and a half from now, maybe two years from now. So uh, does the Pac-12 keep itself together for a few years, like a short-term deal? I, I don't know. I, I I think if the number the Pac-12 gets is too low, then maybe you might have schools really seriously think about leaving and joining the Big 12. I just don't buy into the whole thing about the the big 12 being that much more valuable than Pac-12, just talking to like TV people and data people. It seems like both conferences, each each conference thinks it's more valuable than the other and has a number that is, you know, higher than anybody else could imagine that either conference will bring in. So I don't know. It, it should be interesting to yeah, to monitor what happens. And then you have the whole Texas, Oklahoma stuff, right? That, that I think if they were to leave a year early and join the SEC in 24, it would have to be through some negotiation with ESPN and the, and the Big 12's new media rights deal probably.
2: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like if you're the Big 12, obviously I, I, Brett Yormark said uh, you know, unequivocally that everything they do for the next two years is to get momentum for their media rights negotiations. But part of that is going to be observing what happens with the Pac-12 and their media rights? And to, to Ross's point there, like if, if it's uninspiring, then can you go and say, go to Arizona and Arizona State or whoever, Oregon, Washington, say, hey, well, there's your deal. We can do you better if you come over here. So, you know, I think that it, everybody, it's so funny. I mean, you talk to people in every single conference. They're all waiting to see what the other conference is going to do. Right, so it's it's first it's on the Big Ten's plate right now, and it's basically done, and we'll get that information probably next week, right? So we'll finally know what the deal is there. So then the Pac-12 can say, okay, now we can go forward with the ESPN, and then maybe they go forward too with some combo with the ACC, and so the ACC has more information there, and then the Big Twelve can say, okay, now we know our deal, and the SEC once they know what the Big Ten's number is can say, well. Okay, that's interesting. If we go to nine games, and to Ross's point, if we bring in Oklahoma and Texas early, what can you do for us? So there's a lot of dominoes that are lined up waiting for the first push, and that's coming from the Big Ten.
1: Can, yeah, can the SEC yeah. get ESPN back, back to the table with yeah. two Good, new yeah. members, one you know, a new inventory with, with nine games, and show them the Big Ten number and the Big Ten deal? And on top of that, right – what happens to Notre Dame? Like Notre Dame will be probably after all, a lot of this we're talking about. They'll come after all this and probably renegotiate with NBC in some way and probably get a pretty big chunk of cash. So can the in the SEC do the same with ESPN? I'd, an SEC administrator tell me this morning uh, say that wouldn't the ESPN wouldn't, wouldn't it behoove ESPN to make sure that the SEC keeps pace with the Big Ten? Right. So maybe they do come to the table, but it probably is going to take them adding that ninth nice conference game, which, you know, without getting in launching into all of that, the conference is kind of split on right now.
0: And so speaking of NBC, uh, NBC and Notre Dame, strikes me that NBC is now absolutely desperate to keep Notre Dame, uh, who they've been with since 91, because to build a second or third tier to pay, pay this much for a second or third tier. Or third choice Big Ten game. They need that. They want to become Saturday. They want to be a big. They want to be a college football network, right?
1: Yeah, destination. Yeah, yeah, destination. yeah Like, like now, their NFL show, Sunday night. What is it? Sunday night in America. Or Sunday yeah. night football. It'll be Saturday right. night in America. Yeah, Saturday night football. football. There you
0: go. It leads into their local newscast. It leads into Saturday Night Live. Yep. Right. Their problem on on Saturday football is that they they're committed to their evening news. I asked someone uh, about that would you ever get rid of the nbc saturday night evening news right and just bleed one game into the other absolutely not like that's <laughs> really wow nbc the evening news is like the that's the third rail of these networks what or, time uh, is that is that
1: like at seven or Six thirty or p.m yeah. yeah okay it's like a half an hour
0: half hour and the, and the local news, like the uh, the local affiliates, make all their money on local news.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: That's where the so, car ads are, and so they need their their eleven. They need their eleven o'clock and their six, and they need their six thirty NBC because it it doesn't quite work right the way. ESPN can just one game right. ends, next game. Yeah, yep. They can't do that, so. That's an interesting thing. But to me, you know, Notre Dame is uh, is currently making somewhere in the 20s, I believe, like twenty two million dollars right now in TV money. Uh, you know, I read a story. They were they were targeting like seventy five million, which is great. I'm targeting a lot of things. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um,
0: yes. But Notre Dame going to make a nice. The, uh, Notre Dame is in a very great, they, they're sitting back. And to me, NBC, you don't pay all this money for for the Big Ten at night if you're not going to have a, a Notre Dame at least seven or eight games a year as part of that. You don't commit to college football and then lose Notre Dame. So I, my thought is they're going to get a nice deal that at least makes it close enough that they don't need to go to the Big Ten.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of been the thought process all along. You know, when when – when the Earth first moved with USC and UCLA, everybody's like, "Oh well, you know, if the money's going to be that big, and they want Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to have to go." You know, it was all—it was almost for about a four or five-day window there. There was just this assumption: well, Notre Dame, the 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 the, fa- the financials will force Notre Dame that way. And I think Notre Dame felt all along, "Eh, we'll wait and see," because I think they were pretty confident they're going to get a good deal from NBC, and this. This hastens that. It doesn't. It enhances the possibility of that. It doesn't hasten it. But yeah. Now look. Okay. NBC has is more invested in college football. NBC has provided the "quote unquote" shoulder programming, uh, and is going to sink more fund into this and and probably get more ad revenue for an extended period of time. And that's going to help Notre Dame's case. I think this is all playing out the way Jack Swarbrick and Notre Dame, which does love its independence. Hoped that it would. Uh, we'll see what the numbers turn out to be when they get around to their negotiations. But I think they feel pretty confident that they're going to, if not get Big Ten money, they're going to get close enough to get Big Ten money to make it okay to still be an independent.
1: There, there were some nervous people in South Bend, I know, during the Big Ten negotiations, especially when they found out that that Fox representatives were were in on the meetings in and, uh, and we we're, we're hearing about it. Uh, from what I understand, we're hearing about it from some NBC people who obviously walked into the meeting and there was Fox executives just staring back at them. And uh, so I think there was fear that NBC wouldn't be involved. Um, and I think there was a big relief yesterday, a couple of days ago. And Jack Swarbrick, I think said it publicly, you know, that it was perfect situation for Notre Dame. And it, it really is an NBC's investment in college football. Uh, and now there's, you know, is is great for Notre Dame. And now there's a number. Now there's a number out there that, um, you know, everybody can kind of do the math and and Jack can uh, go to NBC and say, okay, we we like this number right here, you know.
0: So Notre Dame cherishes its independence. It, it loves being different. It loves being independent. It likes the whole thing. It believes that the key to its football success is its ability to recruit uh, across the country. It wants to play games all over the country and all of that. It wants to be independent. Probably anybody would. But there are three pillars to keeping its independence. One is an ability to schedule. One is the money that we just talked about. If it's close enough, they'll be fine. They can match it. They also do not spend as much on athletics. They have about $150 million athletic budget. Ohio State's got a 210. So, you know, there's a little less they need. And then there's access to the playoff. And as long as the SEC is playing the bodyguard, the muscle for Notre Dame and saying, we're going to go at large bids. We're going to have a lot of at large bids. Notre Dame is sitting there saying, we're good. And SEC knows if they don't do that, if they if they were ever to go with the, remember Jim Delaney's old plan where you have to win the conference championship to play in the, in the playoff, right? That's what forces Notre Dame into a, a conference because they lose their access. Once you lose your access, you can't recruit. You know, we've said this on this thing. There's a reason Gonzaga yep. basketball gets all these great players. They have access. Doesn't yep. matter what league they're in. If you're good enough, you can have you know Memphis, uh, a lot of basketball teams. If you have access, so they they should keep their access on whatever this playoff is going to be. It's either going to stay at four, which is highly unlikely, or it's going to go big and there's going to be plenty of plenty of access, improved access. The only other thing is the scheduling, and they're hooked in with the ACC, and so ACC is giving them five games a year. And so basically Notre Dame's conference is five ACC games, Navy, Stanford, and USC. Yep. That's your eight games. And then you got four more. You can do whatever you want with. They play, you know, whatever, however they want to fill it in. They've got scheduling guarantees, including a whole bunch of games in the southeast part of the country where they want to be. They've got enough money to stay independent, afford everything and they got access to the playoff. They ain't going anywhere.
2: Right. It's lining up for Notre Dame to get what it wants, which then will force some some choices, I think. It, 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 it definitely slows the momentum for further destabilization of the whole conference landscape. And then the Big Ten has said, okay, if we're not getting Notre Dame, is there really anybody else we truly want? And they have to make that decision, and then that's where – Oregon and Washington maybe don't have anywhere to go, and Stanford doesn't have anywhere to go, and, okay, the Pac-12 will stick with you. You know, it, it could be a major stabilizing factor. And if
1: they haven't invited anybody, if they haven't invited them yet, you know, the Washington and Oregon, and they're about to, you know, close this TV deal, which I'm sure there'll be a clause in there about expansion and prorated shares, but still, if they haven't invited them yet, it's it, it, it kind of hard to believe that they would invite them you know, in the near future, not talking about five plus years from now, because at that point, yeah, we could have a lot of change. But um, but I, I just yeah, I, I do feel like unless that Pac 12 number comes back really low and, and teams freak out and want to jump to the Big 12, it does feel like we've stabilized, um, fingers crossed.
0: Anything else about this uh leak and what you're hearing from uh college sports insiders? that stood out to you over the last week could be literally anything.
2: Well, I, I, here's my, my question. I, and I don't know. I just wonder, we talked about this some, if the makeup of who you are watching as the faces of college football changes based on TV and league Alliance, for instance, I wrote about this, you know, two of the mainstays of game day are big 10 athletes. Kirk Herbstreit of Ohio State, Desmond Howard of Michigan. Does is do we reach a point where ESPN says, you know, we want this to be like the SEC Network. We want some SEC faces on there. We want David Pollack and Greg McElroy and Takeo Spikes or whatever instead on those in those chairs. And does Fox look at its big big noon kickoff show? and say, well, all right, USC's coming in, so we can keep Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner, but Brady Quinn doesn't really fit here, and they don't want to be a part of the big, Notre Dame doesn't want really to be part of the Big Ten. Let's go get let's go get Desmond Howard or Kirk Herbstreit. Uh, I don't know whether it would come to that, but that's certainly the way it is on BTN and on SEC Network and on ACC Network, because every analyst is from a school that was in that league.
1: Mm, that's a good point. Do we, yeah, just get to the point where, where uh, the, yeah, the network's... Uh, basically somewhat exclusively have their former conference or conference affiliated people only, uh, man, that, that would really, uh, publicly, it, it would be kind of be a, a public like, uh, uh, proof of, yeah, this is where we're headed. It's a Fox conference and it's ESPN conference. I was talking to the, uh, Bob Thompson, the former Fox sports network uh, president and, uh, he was telling me he was trying to debunk the whole Fox versus ESPN battle. You know, he kind of said, like, it's it's not real. They're just they're trying to get the best games. It's how it, how it works. And also, he said, two 16-team conferences don't cover all the markets that you need. You know, ESPN and Fox want FBS to be healthy. They want the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12 to be healthy. They need those markets. And I said, well, what would it take for two conferences to have all the markets and he basically said two twenty-two 22 to 2014 conferences and maybe that's where we're heading uh, a lot of people have estimated that we're going to get to two 20 team conferences for said that again uh on earlier this week publicly so that he, he expects big 10 and sec to get to 20 thompson said you need at least you know t- more like 22 24 to cover all your markets but uh it's interesting it, it does feel like we Slowly, or getting to that that point where we have two leagues, and it looks more like an NFL model and semi-pro, and, and all that stuff.
0: Some interesting parts of this is uh the uh, SEC's lead analyst or CBS CBS's lead analyst Gary Danielson. During the SEC years, he went to Purdue, so he's hmm. a Big Ten guy. The 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 CBS football song. Which became synonymous with the SEC is now going to be played for Big Ten games. They used to play it before the Sun Bowl too, which so is <laughs> the and one and only Navy. CBS Bowl. Yeah,
2: it's their
0: it's their song. It's not the SEC yeah. song. Yeah, I don't right. know. How, there are some people that are actually chapped about this. Of course,
1: <laughs> yes, so. yes. And ESPN's working on. Uh, I need to check in on this. They're they're working on a song specifically for you know, their big SEC game that would be kind of, you know, comparable to what we heard, you know, the CBS affiliate yeah. song with. So it should be uh, interesting, some kind of a new jingle. Much
0: like Sir Big Spur, <laughs> you do not control your song. They, at USC, South Carolina is not control its mascot. You don't control your song. ESPN held on to their, ES, the NHL on ESPN song for like 18 years. It didn't get played anywhere. Then they brought it back and everyone was excited because people used to love that song. Um, So yeah, we're down to it. I hope we do not go to the point and the concept because I can't stand it that only like because Desmond Howard played at Michigan, he's not capable of analyzing An SEC right. team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, stupid. Come on. Right? It's it is stupid. And it he just, also played for the Green Bay Packers and was a Super Bowl MVP. Like what, right. you know, what are we doing here, right? Come well, on. But
2: that, yes, that's you know, it's symptomatic of where we are with a lot of our media. We just want people yeah. that we feel like are on our side telling us what we want to hear.
0: Yeah, this would be a bad thing if it's just the SEC. If ESPN is just saying SEC teams should get in. Like we just go Fox News and and MSNBC and it's, they just argue over who should get right. the. Play. We don't need that. We do not need that. We do not need that. Not need that. Although that'll, that'll draw more people here to the College oh, yeah. Football Enquirer because we it speak will. the truth. That's Everybody right. hates us. Everybody <laughs> hates us. That's the whole point.
2: Yeah, we were fielding
0: complaints earlier today. Yeah, I don't know. Well, very fascinating uh, developments. The uh, TV networks and. Again, you, we can joke and just say, look, I'm going to find the game. But this stuff determines literally who's in what conference, whether t- the conference exists and what kind of playoff we're playing. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that, that doesn't seem to matter, but it matters a whole hell of a lot. But that's yeah, that's where I am.
2: like. I, and you say to the fans are like, oh, to the media, she needs to stop talking about it. Well, if it weren't so damned important about where the future of the sport was going, we might. But we yeah. have to. Well, here's something Dan uh, and Ross uh since we 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 thrive on conflict and cattiness here at the the podcast uh we have a little bit brewing in the bluegrass state at the University of Kentucky. Uh, Mark Stoops is starting to understand how Bear Bryant felt when he was coaching alongside Adolph Rupp and nobody paid attention to uh Bear Bryant in the football program. So Kentucky is playing basketball right now in the Bahamas, right? They're on this exhibition tour. Their games are on TV, like they're on the SEC network. And John Calipari, who has been known to promote his team and himself rather vigorously, said, and this was quoted by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, this is a basketball school. Alabama is a football school. So is Georgia. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to Bulls, but this is a basketball school. So Mark Stoops, his colleague, tweets. Basketball school, I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know that uh, Kentucky <clears throat> basketball is on a two-game postseason losing streak, one of which oh. was to
1: St. Peter's. Farm so. shots it is. And, uh, within the own athletic department. Got to love it.
0: Delicious. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Calver Stoops. Yeah, yeah. How, what was, an insult to Kentucky football! I hope they win ten games. 10 games <laughs> like, pat right? them on the head. Look, yeah. how about How's they win bowl, and, boys? Yeah, right? we're trying to win national championships yeah. and cool. have a half the NBA All Star game. Kentucky, alums. you try to win your ten games. <laughs> oh, ho, ho.
2: yeah. Yeah, that was right back in the day in the 50s. I didn't explain that very well, but when Bear and Adolph Rupp were both coaching there and they were both doing well, like Bear Bryant was doing really well, obviously. And uh, Bear's bonus one year was like a cigarette lighter or something, and and Rupp got a Cadillac. And uh, that that kind of was the indication, okay, this is a basketball school. So that was only 70 years ago, but I think the perception is at least still there.
0: It's a basketball school. (laughs) It is. It it has a good football program, good, but it's a basketball school.
2: A an increasingly legitimate football program. That's yeah. I mean, they're starting the year ranked, I think, for the first time. So, but yes, it is. However,
0: if football was on a two-game postseason losing streak, the fans would not be losing their marbles the way they are in basketball, where they're angry with John Calipari because we ain't as good as we used to be, and there's, I mean. Cal's won one title there. He probably should have won another. You know, he had a 38-0 team. He probably should have won that year. He probably should have won when he had DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. He probably could have won. Maybe they could have won it in 2020. There were real shots that they didn't get done. But John Calipari has been great for Kentucky basketball. Make no mistake. So you have that. Cal is correct, in my opinion. It is a basketball school. 100%. Why in the world you would actually say that? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I also know this. He just John Calipari does not say stuff by accident. No, everything, everything is a message. Everything is calculated. Every yeah. single thing. So what is going on that he would even utter such a statement and take a crack at the football program? Because. You could bat- walk it back and say, "I said I a, I said I hope they win ten, but that's a crap. What? Like I remember, remember Dean Smith the, when the women's soccer team was winning all the, all the championships. They had the national coach. Talk about a recruiting advantage. He yeah. said the U.S. Yeah. women's national coach Anson Dorrance was their soccer coach. Yeah. Might help in recruiting. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, <there laughs> you want to play on the national on. team? You come play in Carolina because we're going to go to the World Cup. We're going to go to the Olympics. But they were winning every year. And Dean Smith, very, very deftly because he was such a smooth. We're not a basketball school. We're a women's soccer school. Right. Very smart. No, didn't take offense to the idea. Very, very smart. Cal, there's got to be something there. Well,
2: here it is. The rest of the story. Here we
0: go. I'm sorry. sorry. All right. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, oh, you're, but you're setup. right. You're, this is good yeah. radio. That's like that. That's it. Wasn't that that Paul Harvey? This is like that Paul
2: Harvey guy. Yeah. The rest of the story. Your instincts are dead on, of course. The, uh, the subhead is Kentucky's Calipari demands new practice Jim. Uh, that's it. He wants, he's been, he's been crabbing ever since they lost to St. Peter's with all of their opulent facilities Yeah. Uh, <laughs> about, you know, our facilities have fallen behind. We need, we need more. And so practice he's been. Jim. He's been talking about this for for five months now. We need, yeah, we need better facilities. We need a better practice. The the practice gym that they are in is like I don't know, seven years old or Kraft something. Craft Center, something yeah. isn't it
0: called? Yeah, or that's a football one.
2: No, it, no, that's it's the Joe Kraft yep. Center Wildcat Lodge A Go Go, and it's freaking ridiculously <laughs> fantastic. That's but it's cool. not it was new good enough. enough for Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good enough for Carl but, Towns. With those rings crooked. That
1: money. Needs to go to NIL now. Forget the facilities. Yeah, Enough with the facilities.
0: Pay your players. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got crooked rims. We. That's why we lose to Saint Peters. Yeah, Saint <laughs> Peters. Which like they got to take like, th- uh, like transfer three buses just to get to their like pl- outdoor playground in Jersey <laughs> City to play.
2: <laughs> oh boy, so so that's why Stoops is firing. And and I will say, like Stoops in Kentucky. It was a very slow facility build there, especially with their indoor thing. They had one of the early indoors, and it just stayed the same for 25 years probably, and then they finally upgraded it. So I guarantee Stoops is seeing that and is like, wait a minute now. Come on. Let's not. So, fascinating little development in Kentucky. Ah,
0: ongoing saga. We love it when millionaires fight. <laughs> Cal versus Stoops. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Good for Stoops not backing down. Cal always up to a little mischief. Yeah. I think he's feeling good about his team, too. That tells me right now, I don't know what the Vegas odds are in the Cats, but when Cal is doing a little chirping in August, he thinks he's got a team. Well,
2: I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, everything I've heard is they are loaded. And the other tell there was, okay, right, in August, like early August or maybe late July. They scheduled a game at Gonzaga. You think he's doing that with a bad team? Well, no. he
0: went to Spokane Arena, didn't he?
2: Well, yeah, no, they, they wouldn't yeah, go they, to the ke- they, they wouldn't go on, on campus the kennel, to the but. kennel. But still, you don't call Gonzaga, given where Gonzaga is right now, and say, "Hey, let's play," and we'll come to you mostly, right, unless you right. feel like you've got you've got the goods.
0: Yeah, I would. I I'd check the futures on when Cal and look at the thing about Cal Parry is he knows what a good team is. Like, he knows what one looks like, and he knows when one is, doesn't look like. So, if he's talking, he's 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 got something. He had fight, taken that fight thinking, now, granted, they never would have seen St. Peter's coming last year, but uh, this could be a good time. All right, that's a, that's a good one. All right, couple stories we got to get to. Yes. A couple weeks ago, we discussed the Loch Ness Monster being real. Yep. A sighting of the Loch Ness Monster, okay? Turns out uh, a recent sighting of the Loch Ness Monster turned out to be an escaped alpaca going for a swim. <laughs> uh, if you're unaware of what an alpaca is, and I had to look it up, uh, it is a cameled mammal from South America.
2: That's yeah, basically a species a llama. of South yeah.
0: American cameled mammal. Yeah, It's like a long necked goat. It kind it, of it like. was
1: an uh, alpaca was um, the, the one on that, uh, the really funny show, uh, the movie like uh, emperor's new groove ago, the yeah emperor's what?
2: new groove emperor's new groove well
1: well that too yeah that that was one i'm not thinking of that one. i was thinking of the moment the weird kid and he feeds the alpaca anyway all right moving on
0: <laughs> the alpaca went for a swim and people they, these guys said it was a uh, uh, it turns out a herd of the south american mammals that escaped from a nearby enclosure and decided to go for a swim one of them had its long neck protruding and it set off the uh global uh excitement about the Loch Ness monster being real, <laughs> including our podcast.
1: Napoleon Dynamite so. is the movie. Oh, Napoleon yeah. Dynamite, yeah. Napoleon Hello, he feeds the alpaca. I think he has the alpaca next next to he like he has it as like a pet or something. Yeah. Classic, yeah. Yeah, classic yeah. film. Yes.
2: Excellent movie. One of the few movies I've actually seen. <laughs>
0: Not you've seen, <laughs> you've seen uh, of the of all the Dynamite. movies. Of yeah, all the movies huh? for the Uncle yeah. Rico, Uncle yeah. Rico alone, he played some football. I'm yeah. gonna have to watch that now tonight or something.
2: Throw the ball over In that forever.
0: mountain. I can throw the ball over that mountain. <laughs> I I kept queuing up that uh, that that meme from every time Matthew Stafford was playing last year because yeah. he was just so excited to show LA how far he could throw a football.
1: How much you want to make a bet? I can throw a football over the mountains. Yeah.
0: Uh, like once a game, he would just throw the ball. Like Cooper Cup would be running as fast as he could, and, and Stafford just throw like eighty five yards. Yeah, Cooper Cup would be Rico like, "Oh my moment. god, dude, I can't get there."
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was also Drew Lock like nineteen times a game for Denver. Yeah, not that I'm bitter.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, so we we apologize for the error, exciting all of you that the Loch Ness monster was real. It turned out as an escaped alpaca. Uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. A uh, big, uh, big story. In you know, we're we're fans of love and relationships, of course. Uh, we have this story here uh, from Japan. A serial dater. Uh, this guy was uh, Taka, Takashi uh, Miyagawa. Uh, we'll just call him Takashi. Takashi Miyagawa. Uh, he has been arrested in Japan. Not for really any uh, known crime, except he was seeing thirty five different women at the same time. <laughs> he was dating thirty five women. <laughs> wow a, there's only thirty days in a month you got yeah. you can't just date them like once a month, right It's exhausting exhausting. I mean, like, this guy was putting work in I look at <laughs> people's court whether this should even be now I you know this is not taro Tanaka, who Pat and I famously about one year ago had a tremendous <laughs> Sushi meal with in Japan and is a bachelor, but I don't think Taro, uh, my old friend Taro could pull off a 35 woman juggle. This is, this is like America's got talent. They're throwing like chainsaws and, and and flaming (laughs) like things. How How do you juggle this? 35 women. He was dating at one time and he pretended to be serious about relationships with all of them. And then as is the custom, He would tell them that his birthday was coming up. And apparently it's sort of the the custom in Japan that the the woman, if I'm reading this right, if I'm reading this wrong, yes, I know very little about Japanese dating customs. So, (laughs) you know, shoot me, man. I'm trying. (laughs) The custom is that if, you know, you're being, you're in a courtship, that the female would provide a a gift card or a gift, birthday presents, clothes, even cash that sort of runs back to some patriarchal thing back yeah, in the day right. so this guy was claiming like my birthday's February 2nd my to one girl and then my birthday's February 3rd to the next and he raked in 665 of whatever the Japanese currency is a bunch of money worth of birthday presents and then the women figured it out. And all told on each other. And then they filed a complaint and he's actually been arrested and is under investigation for fraud. Wow. Uh, so here is my question. Can you date or, or be ex- legitimately in a serious relationship with 35 women at one time? Or was this guy just trying to scam the money off them? Uh although albeit this is harder work than I would think most <laughs> I know junk, it was six hundred dollars that's not worth it for six
1: hundred dollars it was he it's, was in it for it's something not six hundred dollars. It's oh. I don't know. Oh it's probably more than it's oh it's it might be no, six hundred and
0: sixty-five pounds. I don't know. The, the Daily Mail's okay. got it. there. i can't
1: confirm like, like a ton of money. And uh in but he was something tells me he was interested in he was in it for something else, you know. <laughs> just i gonna leave it at yeah.
0: that. You need a lot of energy know. for that. That's I mean, that's thing, 35. Man. What is this, Will How Chamberlain this of, of Tokyo? How old is this
1: guy? He released his 39. Age age. Wow, 39, 39 years old. Wow. He's taking blue pills that's, then. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a. I so, mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, you you have to put a little bit of effort in to make those women believe you actually care right i mean you gotta you are you just sitting there like all night all right i gotta text betty and then i gotta text susan and then i gotta text <laughs> you yeah. know i mean like i this is too much work a i'd lot. almost get him i you know what i'd arrest him just for that for, for giving himself too much to do
0: <laughs> the daily mail story it, so it has pictures of him. i don't know seems like a good look good enough guy he's got a nice jacket on here I has got a cool haircut <laughs> like the <laughs> Okay. What's that pop group that's uh, really popular? It's got kind of that kind of cut. Uh, okay. And then they have the picture of, of four of the women, but they blur out their photos cuz we you know, yeah, the victims, well, they're victims. They're the victims.
2: Of, the victims, the, of, the
0: victims. The <laughs> victims of birthday fraud. I mean <laughs> 35 guys it's it's like a trouble making rent, you know, global inflation, it's it's got to be big in Tokyo. Everything's expensive over there.
2: I mean, wait—you got to—you wake up. It's like, all right, it's uh, August third. Happy birthday! Oh, ooh, oh, oh, yeah! Thanks, yeah, thank you very much. Who is this again? Like, you got to remember who you told the birthday Scott. to and what you told him the birthday was.
0: This guy's clearly got talent, drive, organizational skills, ambition. He's good in good sales. He could make his money some other way. Yeah, I think I, I think Ross is on a point there. He's, there's might be more to this than just <laughs> cash. Uh, yeah. Thirty-five women are really mad at him, though. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, the authorities. I don't know that you should be arrested for this, but I'm gonna lay, I'm gonna not die on that hill. So um, they can invite him to a birthday party, and I'll beat
2: the hell out of him.
0: <laughs> they should have set go. him up.
2: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant
0: idea. This is a movie, right? This is a rom com. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. It is. It does sound like yeah. a weird reality show, too. Yeah, like one of the weird reality shows my wife would watch, or something like Love Island, or one of those weird <laughs> things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good God! All right, final story here, Pat. Uh, what were you doing yesterday, and and were you at the enormous Bud Light truck spill that unleashed like a thousand cans of Bud Light on the side of an interstate in Kentucky? How quickly did you drive down there? <laughs> That is a Are you just too snooty of a beer fan to even take free, albeit free, but highly shook up Bud Lights. Uh an 18 wheeler containing Bud Light crashed and Bud Lights went freaking everywhere. <laughs> Wetzel,
2: I ain't crossing the street for Bud Light. Yeah. So um, forget <laughs> it. Much oh. less getting in my car and driving it. That's that's oh. class, like twelve to fifteen minutes from where I live. But uh no. I would I was not gonna go scavenge Bud Light on the side of the road. Forget it.
0: If, if if a Bud Light truck crashed in front of your house, would you go outside into your front yard and take the the free Bud Lights? No.
1: How far would I mean, drive? Just a horrible person. Uh, how how far would you drive <laughs> if a uh, Sierra Nevada truck spilled down somewhere? Yeah. How if it's far within would a day's drive, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> Twenty four hour drive. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep.
2: Forced march. I'll be there for that, but not for Bud Light. No. No, sir. I may yeah. be a horrible person. No.
0: You're a bad person. You know, all the people that are calling and complaining that we're too mean and we're not nice to this and not nice to this guy and that league and this, they're right. <laughs>
2: they are right. We are mean.
0: You're, no, you no, you're you a man. Bad wait
2: a minute. No, 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 no. no,
0: no I'm on the, no, I'm, I'm just a nice guy. I'm not the, yeah. you know, I'm just a nice guy. And there were people from Kentucky just descending. What happened to all the cans of beer? <laughs> this, uh,
2: Somebody did and say that this is like the Bud Light Bandits uh, fantasy. Remember that dude that <laughs> stole like five cases of Bud Light from uh, from Dallas? Yeah, this is. I mean,
0: four like words. They never caught him. No, never I caught. him. He had the I... longest arms. He had that. He would like. <laughs> this is going to be the second Anthony Davis uh, <laughs> reference. Or how about we'll go Tayshon Prince if we're keeping Kentucky reference. He had the length, the the wingspan of Tayshon Prince, and he was able to carry five cases of beer out of a. <laughs> out of a gas station in Fort Worth, Texas and made a run for it. That guy was all That's, arms. Oh yeah, he
2: was a hero. He was a hero. But no, I I I mean but I would assume like that was a very popular spot on the Gene Snyder Freeway where all that uh, all that beer came to rest. I I don't know. I I have not heard any resolution of that like how much they recouped and how much any other, you know, concerned passersby might have absconded with, but it does remind me I I know this about that area, okay? One time I hit a deer when I was coming back from covering a uh, Indiana basketball game. Deer's on the side of the road, car crumpled. I go into the, it's the convenience store. I have to walk like a half a mile, and I walk in there, and I'm like, hey, can I use your phone? This is before cell phone days. I, I hit a deer. Guy walks up to me and says, you going to keep the deer?
1: <laughs> Where's the deer? So, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> in kind of other words, is it in? You go, they're going up to the driver.
0: You going to keep the beer.
2: That's Yeah. I yeah. Want there you, yeah go. you know, venison
0: <laughs> and eggs is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that beer got snatched quickly. I think yeah. that beer got snatched quickly. If I know anything about the Commonwealth, uh, they got after it. Pat is just too snooty for that, but but whatever. All right, that's uh, that's our show. That's our show. Uh, We had to clear all that up. Uh, We'll be back uh, early next week, season kicking along, and uh, appreciate everyone. Continue to listen, subscribe, tell your friends about us, share us on social media. We will talk to you later.